Welcome to the Restart Radio Show, a very different show about gadgets on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a different show because unlike most, we don't focus on all those new shiny, shiny things to buy. We focus on the value in the stuff we already have. And uh, the Restart Project aims for a shift of behavior towards a more sustainable and a happier relationship with our electronics. And our monthly community electronics repair events here in London called Restart Parties are just the beginning. My name is Janet Gunter, and I'm joined by Lauren Colley, who works with us at Restart. Welcome, Lauren. Hi there. And we're both here to share a couple fun stories from the summertime. It's our first uh, show back. <laughs> and um, we had been thinking a little bit about the, the topic of camping, camping gadgets. Um, you know, a lot of people ask us, what, what, do you mean, what do you mean camping gadgets? Isn't camping just going outdoors? Um, but it seems like camping's changed quite a lot from, from when I was a kid. Um, and the the last time I was in the you know the outdoor store, I was confronted with this um, this quite strange looking um, strange looking little gadget um, that's a a camp stove outdoor USB charger. So what it is <laughs> is it's a it's it's a stove where you can throw twigs or any other biomass into it, and you can get a charge for your smartphone, um, which is obviously you know constantly needing a charge and I I just kind of thought there's something wrong here um and yeah well it was it was it was like it really prominently displayed too in the store you know next to the stoves that you actually need to cook your food and the things that I I considered to be you know real essential camping uh supplies or items um so I thought I thought of we'd we should do the show um, and I've recently been camping. I've just spent uh, the last week in the Isle of Wight, which isn't exactly the wilderness. Um, <laughs> and uh, Lauren went camping earlier this summer um, for a research project, right, Lauren? Yeah, I mean, and this was sort of marketed as a wilderness, although you get there and there's a toilet block and, you know, other people walking around. There's a military base, so... <laughs> okay, tell us where you went. Come on, this is not your average camping trip. <laughs> um, I went to St Kilda, which is two and a half hours boat ride from the furthest point of the Outer Hebrides. So it's supposed to be the most remote campsite in the UK. And it is, like, geographically, it is super remote, you know. Um, And I kind of got this really scary camping list before I left that said, you have to be able to fend completely for yourself. You're going to be out in the wild, you know. You need waterproof matches and sort of all this stuff and I came with an enormous backpack and then I just knew from the looks and the faces of the people who were kind of working there when I got off the boat that that like none of that stuff was necessary really you know there are other people there it's a thing it's like when you're in a campsite I think as long as you kind of know that someone is always going to have what you need and the fact is everyone ends up bringing sort of various iterations of the things they think they need and then yeah all together well that's what part of the thing I think is so funny about the um the just seeming obsession with charging of smartphones and mobiles is that like, um, you know, a lot of, and we can, we can have a laugh because neither of us grew up here in the UK, but you know, mm. most UK campsites, you will probably be able to find a plug. Now there might be some competition for that plug. Um, but you know, yeah. if push comes to shove, if there's an emergency, you can probably, you know, pl- plug in your phone. Um, so yeah, I funny. think that's kind of funny, but um and, and just more generally, like I, I don't, I think people here uh, camp with a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's true. So, and we were joking about it because yeah. I mean, the the thing is, like when you think of the British countryside, 
a lot of the reason why people feel obliged to take a lot of stuff with them when they're camping, I mean, me included, I did bring waterproof matches and a waterproof map case, which I never used, (laughs) not once. But a lot of the reason that you feel obliged to bring this stuff is because you think that, you know, something's going to happen to you and you're out by yourself there. And um, it's I think it's the desire to be safe, mostly, Mm. that drives that. Um, well, you're from the desire to be safe has, you know, obviously other yeah. more basic um, requirements attached to it, like uh, yeah, I mean, staying safe from lethal animals. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like my memories of camping are definitely kind of, the, you know, the thing that is most on your mind is making sure the tent is zipped when you leave, because otherwise, like, you'll wake up with a brown snake under your pillow, and that's not what you want. But Yeah, um, or in the U.S., it's like bear-proofing your food is yeah. a big one. Mm. Um, but I, I do remember, I mean, obviously growing up, like we, we, we I, I, I used to go camping growing up and I'm super thankful to my parents for, for taking us out and camping. Um, but we used to do seemingly much more, I mean, I'm not going to say rough camping, but we would drive out to like a state park and we'd have a pitch, you know, um, we probably, we'd probably be able to bring our car fairly close to the pitch, but we didn't really bring that much. I see people bringing so much with them, like tables, chairs, um, (laughs) all kinds of stuff. And I I do remember, one of the things I do remember growing up that was very clunky was the lanterns we used to have. They used to have these, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty uh, poor bulbs and these gigantic, absolutely gigantic batteries that I don't even, I I can't even remember what format they are, but they were heavy and they didn't really have much light. So there has been some improvement in the camping gadgets Mm. realm, but I would say it's like the basic kind of stuff. Like, you know, LED lamps have definitely helped us. Um, And in fact, sometimes they're almost too bright. Like you almost have to ramp down the LED Yeah, I mean, you found one that was particularly bright, (laughs) that torch that's supposedly um a laser beam as well as a torch I oh mean, yeah well really... that, that's gonna we're gonna get to the useless camping yeah. here because a lot of people don't believe us that 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 there is this much crazy there are this many crazy gadgets for camping but um uh it it, 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 it turns out that um the average camping trip in the uk is uh this is from 2015 is about four nights in duration and um and people, you know, people increasingly, and your some research from the U.S. shows um, people are increasingly interested in experience and kind of more radical experiences or sport or kind of more potentially ex- extreme camping. But yeah. um, it's I think it's partly a generational thing as yeah. well, isn't it? Because they're saying that the people who are going camping now are millennials. I mean. Obviously, as well as everyone else, but a large mm-hmm. number of young people now are going camping. So maybe they're not bringing the the full uh, living room and kitchen, like the the table and the chairs and mm. the massive stoves, but they're bringing other kinds of new new gadgets and stuff. So yeah. we went and took a look um, to see, you know, what is you know beyond this uh, this USB charger that burns twigs that I found. <laughs> what are some of the other things that are being promoted? And uh, Lauren, you found some really, I would say, pretty funny lists yeah. of sensibly useless camping gear. So why don't you walk us through some of the stuff that's being marketed? <laughs> this was so much fun. It was so much fun to do because I just did not realize how much was out there. I mean, even the fact that just then um, I, was, I remember having seen an electric marshmallow toaster and so I, I thought, oh, that, that was really funny. I'll go find that again. And I Google electric marshmallow toaster, expecting to just see the one model. And instead, there are 20 variations. So this thing is popular enough for multiple companies have like the, to have jumped on the bandwagon and, and made their own versions. 
Um, but so and I, I thought, I thought, oh, that must just be like maybe in the UK where you can't kind of have as many open fires or campfires at campsites. But these appear to be popular in the US as well. Yeah, and there's one. So one that I found is kind of specifically for making s'mores. So it's got <laughs> the, the, like a little flame in the middle, and then it's got a kind of bowl around the outside, and there are pockets in the bowl, and one pocket is for the marshmallows, and another one is for the s'mores. And I just or you mean for the chocolate and the biscuit yeah, or the thing. So you're supposed to oh kind of gosh. like dip it and then I don't know. It's, <laughs> but it's so big and clunky, yeah. you know, it's kind of and it doesn't really it's not it doesn't save you anything. Like you can't I mean, all it prevents is you having to hold any component, I guess. I don't really know what it does. But that I was a bit silly. It, you can't there's it reduces the danger of you somehow burning yourself with yeah. a you know, with a traditional you know, piece of tree branch <laughs> and campfire. I mean, maybe. I've never made a s'more. Maybe there are some real practicalities that it's addressing, but, you know, I doubt it, to be honest. <laughs> um, there's, like, yeah, there's so much stuff. I mean, another really great one is um, the Coleman Quick Bed with Speakers, which is a really expensive self-inflating camp bed that has an inbuilt speaker system so you can go to bed in the sweet wilderness and instead of listening to the <laughs> cries of birds you can listen to I don't know whatever music you're listening to and we have the ordnance survey to thank for this it's actually one of the most hilarious things that I've seen them write on their blog they have this post called 20 useless bits of camping gear yeah and they absolutely like um you know they just they're they're really having fun with this um yeah. and in fact I believe that that's this mattress is the number one useless bit yes they say if you have not managed to completely alienate the entire campsite with your eyeball searing torch, we'll get to that one, your <laughs> petrol generator, or your insistence on wearing your sleeping bag to the toilets, the Coleman quick bed with speakers is designed to finish the job. Now you can rest comfortably while subjecting the entire campsite to your Nickelback playlist on permanent loop. Gosh. <laughs> like, it really does look... Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just that thing of... I mean, they're too individually quite useful items like I do want a camp bed and I do want a speaker system but I don't I don't want to have to inflate my camp bed every time I want to use my speakers or listen to music every time I inflate my camp bed so I don't and know. some of the other stuff you found is like extremely high end I mean yeah I get that like people do use high performance stuff in the outdoors like binoculars and other things but uh these binoculars that you found tell us about these um, yeah. recording binoculars so this is just flat out creepy. Um, it's called the Sony Digital Recording Binoculars. It has 25 times binocular magnification with image stabilization. And it records in full HD and 3D. <laughs> the binoculars that record in 3D. And I they, didn't even know that was possible. No, we'll have to do another episode about this. Yeah, okay. and it costs £2,000. $2,000, sorry. Well this point it's the same same isn't it wow it just is so bizarre like i i don't i mean i guess maybe if you're recording a wildlife documentary you yeah. use them but surely yeah. then you'd have other more useful high-tech equipment that you'd be using so and uh, i suppose that people that use those are going to want to kind of s somehow live stream yeah exactly <laughs> don't know how they're going to do that in the wilderness as well i just feel like the people buying them are probably not camping i feel like they're sort of at the top of a high-rise building like spying on people on the street below <laughs> and then putting it straight on youtube yeah it does it does sound very suspect yeah another one on this same uh, blog post was this um 
espresso maker. So it's for those who just, is this an actual espresso maker? I, I, I can't even believe it. For those who cannot live without an espresso. Although I feel like the, the, the campsite coffee, there's an, there's an art to that. I'm not going to take that away from anyone. Those of you who bring your aero presses and your, you know, I get it. I get it because um, it's just not the same. But yeah, uh, yeah why you need count. an espresso maker at the campsite, I'm not so sure. Mm. Um, there's the Sunmate Solar Safari hat as well, which is um, like, f- first of all, you'd never want to wear it on your head. It's kind of safari, as if a safari style It's like hat. a pith helmet, basically. It's like yeah. super colonial. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got an inbuilt fan. And then the funniest thing is there was a comment from a user right at the bottom who was saying, oh, yeah, you know, I used to have one of these um these hats and the fan kept me really cool in summer, but the fan just gives you a headache, apparently, the motor after a while, like against your skull, just kind of grinding into your ear. So I don't know. That's probably another one for what well, not to buy, I guess. <laughs> listening to Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM. And, um, well, while I was camping last week, I missed something very, very important. Um, Lauren, did you hear about it? What was that? Like the biggest tech news. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was all over the place. The newest iPhone. <laughs> and um, as today is uh, International Talk Like a Pirate Day, I thought we could um, pay homage to uh, to the new, the new iPhone. Um, and I don't know. Are you going to help me read this read read this Apple propaganda like a pirate, or am I going to do it by myself? <laughs> I'm going to let you start. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is directly from Apple.com, and um, this is for the iPhone X marks the spot. <laughs> Our vision has always been to create an iPhone that be entirely screen. One so immersive that the device itself disappears into the experience and so intelligent it can respond to tap your voice, even a glance. With the iPhone, X marks the spot. (laughs) That vision can now be a reality. Say ahoy to the future. That was quite good. Um, (laughs) Yes, so... Uh, I mean, I thought everyone was talking about the the, the facial recognition uh, security aspects of this phone, but it seemed like when I went to finally look at this um, $1,000 mobile, uh, that, yeah, the big big news is just, like, is really? It's just that that it, like, doesn't have bezel, doesn't have an edge. Mm. I I was just a bit like, wow, okay, well, good thing I was camping last week. (laughs) Yeah, I think the thing I keep hearing about it is, like, the emojis that mimic your face so you can have a instead of you saying something you can send an emoji which is like a animated like, bear or whatever saying what you're saying i don't know okay well, i feel like that takes us back to the yeah the camping <laughs> yeah. well um the one piece of news that we're obviously interested in or we'll be following is like how easy it is to repair and apparently um yeah the price for screen replacements has gone up um probably related to the the, the kind of the curved the no bezel design of the screen but yeah it's it feels rather rather underwhelming the news um that i missed last week while i was camping so there it is mm-hmm. um one of the things we we i guess you and i lauren had to think about when we're camping is like what do we actually need um so you had to drag all this stuff out into the the end of the earth and I definitely I don't have I don't I don't have a car I don't camp with a car so I definitely have to think about weight when I'm 
packing. Um, and there are some things that we actually really still do need that some of them require batteries. So one of them is definitely, um, you know, uh, well, I would say a lantern, a lamp. So that's really improved um, since I was a kid, as I'd mentioned. And there's some really cool projects online about how to build your own. Um, using LEDs and batteries, and um, we have a favorite one from Instructables. It's pretty cool. Um, this guy who used a kind of a, like a the diffuser is just a big ice cream bucket, like a gigantic ice cream bucket, and he built his own. Um, he created his own little heat sink for it and everything. So we'll we'll post a link to that, but it's a really cool Instructables project about making your own. Yeah, and you found a couple other cool DIY. Um, yeah, there are a few. I mean, I was going to say also on the ice cream bucket one, though, is the good thing is, I mean, because he does this whole video and I'm by the end, I was kind of thinking, I mean, I'm really not very good with making things. And by the end, I was thinking, oh, you know, that it looks like a couple of things could go wrong along the way for me there. But the alternative is you just buy a really cheap head torch. And then when you strap it onto the ice cream bucket, the diffuser means the light is like instantly improved so yeah that actually in, in a sense that's his greatest innovation because the leds can be yeah they can be too strong and like if you just want a kind of a soft light um diffusers are important soft what are some cream. of the other things you found these are pretty old school diy projects that you yeah you these found. are pretty extreme well not extreme but um impressive i guess there's an alcohol burning camp stove that you can make using soda cans a ruler um like sharpie and scissors essentially and high temperature tape um so i mean yeah it's kind of very basic but that's a camp stove which is an essential item and then yeah another sort of pocket size oil lamp you can make using a travel size shampoo bottle so that's kind of like the bulb of the lamp and then everything else goes in there um you just need a socket a copper wire and a little bit of cotton cotton towel which then forms the wick and then canola oil, which you can just get from the supermarket. That's cool. I yeah. think these are fun projects, especially if you had kids or you want to kind of, you know, you want to, yeah, just kind of go back to basics. Um, another thing we'd really encourage people to do, and I, I, I'm definitely not a huge critic of the um, some of the solar chargers. Like, I get it. You know, you want to potentially be able to charge your mobile, and, yeah, maybe uh, it's too competitive to get a plug. Um, if you want to make your own solar charger, our friends um, Demand Energy Equality have workshops where they, here in London, they can help you um, l learn to make your own solar charger out of off-cut um, photovoltaic uh, cells, which is which is a real cool opportunity to learn the way solar uh, solar works. Um, so that's a cool, and that's something you might want to take camping with you. I guess one of the so like reflecting back, I mean, looking at this, um, it seems like there's a real tension about um, yeah, like uh, the desire to escape and to be connected, um, and so like some of the other stuff we saw is very much like um about you know what are these gloves that you can use to use your mobile in the cold so yeah. i guess when you're halfway up el capitan and you need to uh <laughs> to send a message in the cold you can um you can grab your mobile um ha ha those are quite pricey yeah those ones? yeah they're, they're 40 quid for those ones um it's funny though i think i mean a lot of this stuff is kind of yeah navigating this paradox of you want to get away from technology and then they're creating technology for you to have mm -hmm. while you're away from technology. So um, it's, mm -hmm. it's an interesting thing. I mean, they, they're aware that they're selling, 
I think, to a market that doesn't quite know what it wants. You know, it's yeah. sort of, it's not that the that paradox is coming through in the way they're selling stuff. It's that that paradox is there in the way that we relate to. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. So for me, you know, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not a really big believer in kind of just a full detox. I mean, yeah. some people need that, I suppose. But uh, I just think that you know, our holidays are the time we spend off or outdoors should be a time to just kind of you know just significantly turn down the volume of all that. Just just put it really in the background and to have us just use what we need. So. In, in, in my holiday last week, um, I, I realized I'd forgotten the charger for my phone. And then, I mean, I guess that shows a lot about, you know, my priorities, but I wasn't that interested. But um, I realized that, that weather would be an issue over the course of the week. So then I thought, okay, well, what I'll do is I'll just put my phone on battery saver and on airline, airline mode um, for, you know, the times I'm just not not needing it or looking at it or it's not crucial um, or even, and, you know, you can also just turn it off. Um, and that's actually a really good exercise. For me, that was a good exercise in, like, what do I actually use this thing for? Mm. I mean, for the most part, it was, over the course of the week, it was just me taking photos and checking the weather. And actually, the night when we had really, really bad weather, like 50 miles per hour winds, the thing that I really wanted was the radio. So we actually had just, like, a, a radio with its own battery. Um, and that was actually much more comforting just to be able to as we felt like we we're going to be blown out of our tent. <laughs> um, just listen to some music, listen to the radio. It, it served a much greater comfort than me kind of swiping and trying to find satellite imagery and the latest thing online. Or Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I was really surprised. You know, my, I have a pretty standard smartphone, a Motorola, I don't know, G, G3. Um, my, and it's about a year, year and a half old. I had one battery charge and it lasted me, in this way, it lasted me a full four and a half days. So it's pretty good. So that I was able to, you know, go in and check the weather. Um, I took a phone call actually or two. Um, yeah. And, and took some photos and it kind of made me really reflect on the way I relate to my mobile more mm -hmm. broadly. I think it's I, like you do need a degree of self-restraint, though, is a thing. Like it's so it's so kind of I don't know. It's so habitual now to just check your phone all the time. I mean, when I went to St Kilda, there was no phone reception and I don't think I would have. I mean, that thought was really scary <laughs> before I left, you know, mm. kind of no contact at all. Um, and I don't think I had gone for a week without that before. I mean, since I got a phone, I don't think I'd done that, actually. This is probably the difference in our generations. Yeah. But, like, I, you know, I, I remember, you know, the time the when... Time yeah, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, getting a pager and thinking that was funny um and slight, slightly <laughs> intrusive um yeah and then i remember you know my first mobile and everything but it yeah i guess i suppose for your generation it is like almost like a dread inducing notion to yeah. just not have um communication on your person well, i think <laughs> it, was, it was exciting but maybe like i was aware that it kind of highlighted how how mm -hmm. habitual it is um it's funny. And I felt so good afterwards and I couldn't figure out why. Yeah. For ages, I was like, why do I feel so sane? Mm. Um, and one of the websites that you found, or I guess they're also marketing stuff, um, it seemed to kind of, in some sense, play on, like you said, that feeling of um, 
of ambivalence about wanting to be on but wanting to be off. Um, so tell us about this outdoor tech website. Yeah, so um, it's a sort of American, it's an American company and they make, uh, I think their big one was a cycling helmet that's got an inbuilt speaker, which sort of, um, I don't know, can apparently weather any storm. Um, which is another good thing potentially about about these camping gadgets is they ha- they do have to be quite durable when mm-hmm. they're built because you know they're going to be used outside. Um, so in terms of durability of electronics, that's I guess that's a, a good move. But they're not. Um, I mean, I guess the problem is they're not really used out of that context. But outdoor tech's kind of tagline is. Uh, the evolution of outdoor tech has been shaped by this constant push and pull to stay connected but not tethered. Um, And they say, our goal from the beginning has been to address the ever-growing issue of blending a modern lifestyle in the age of mobile technology with the drive to be outdoors. Um, So, I mean, I think that's something they've recognised in the type of people Mm. they're marketing to. Um, And their blog is sort of, I mean, it's also, people are also becoming more environmentally conscious with that desire to be outdoors comes an environmental consciousness and they've got this blog um where they sort of recommend things you can do to save the environment and it's like 10 ways to help take care of the environment but they're all kind of these things that we're told constantly are going to help but we sort of know on some level aren't like say no to plastic bags say no to straws by themselves you know that gesture doesn't do much. And yeah, so you're saying that there's actually really not very much on um, replacement parts, fixing stuff, yeah. um, using the, their own gadgets for longer. No, they say website. nothing about lowering consumption, which obviously is a huge one. Um, and yeah, the, they do have a spare part section, but it's cables and charges. And I mean, to their credit, they've got a refurbished section as well. So you can buy a product that's broken and then been refurbished, um, which is really great, actually. I mean, that's sort of better than a lot of tech companies I yeah. think do. Yeah, but it is interesting. I mean, it's I guess it just goes down to the it's these companies are facing the same that all, you know, manufacturers and retailers are facing, which is you know, their their business models might have to change. Um yeah. and, you know, just keep and, and selling us more stuff or or stuff at a faster rate is yeah. um is not going to be um it's not going to be offset by us using less plastic bags. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, and then some of the other stuff you, you found, and I, I actually thought this was quite interesting, was about, um, yeah, just this uh, this notion of, like, of, uh, well, I guess, can we call it, the, like, the increasingly the millennial experience, the kind yeah. of connected experience of the outdoors. And um, I have some friends who, who, who do use Strata and these other apps that, um, that kind of, they turn the outdoor experience into a social experience, but um, I suppose that's why everyone needs to charge their bloody mobile when they go camping. Mm. Is because th- it's this imperative to constantly be sharing um, and or competing with something like Strata. Yeah, it's you right. know you're actually directly. And I think some of what I was reading was saying that millennials, the way they go camping now, is much more physical. It's about physical exercise. So whereas before it was, you sit around the campfire and you share a story. But we um, were like, I mean, I went backpacking. Yeah, you know, you're back right. in the day, we were backpacking. We yeah. were doing physical exercise. There was climbing, abseiling, all that stuff. No, was- you're right. That's true. That's a fair point. It's a gross generalization, but I think like maybe now these these holidays where you go to do mm. a specific sport or you hike as much, like as far as you can in the shortest amount okay. of time. Okay. Yeah. Um, that kind of 
semi-competitive physical exercise. I can see that. I think the competitive aspects have definitely grown. And then the, and then the fact that no one ever wants to just be lost or actually try and read a paper map or mm. use a compass and... Um, that, that everyone needs to know their exact, you know, GPS location at all times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is impossible to kind of get lost. Well, it's not, but it is impossible to get lost if you've got a sort of handheld solar-powered GPS with you. Um, I had a friend who's a, like a, a ranger in the U.S. In the, in the early days of mobile, and he said already he was getting loads of calls from up on the peaks where you know, rescue, ostensibly asking for rescue, people just ringing and saying... Yeah, I sprained my ankle. Come get me. And really, <laughs> so, so the mobile was his worst nightmare from day one. Yeah. Um, well, this has been a great little chat about uh, getting outdoors and um, all the tech and gadgets that uh, they're telling us we need outdoors. Um, I think getting outdoors is a good opportunity just to reflect on our relationship with gadgets. Like I said, no need to detox, but like just think about how we do it. Um, you're listening to Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM. And if you need help with anything with a battery or a plug, or if you've um, broken something during a camping trip, uh, you can get help at The Big Fix, which the Hackney Fixers are running on Saturday in Stoke Newington. Um, it's a, a repair event. You can drop in and get some help from the volunteers there. And you can find out more at our website, therestartproject.org, or find us on Twitter and Facebook. And thanks to OptoNoise and Cassini Sound for the music, which was made with lasers, spinning plastic discs, and discard electronics. Until next week.